What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to listening to this show, I want to thank you for tuning in. And just to tell you a little bit about what the show is about, it's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, different guests, my family come on the show, and we kiki about whatever the topic is for that episode. And so... This week, I have with me again my cousin Leah. Leah, you want to go ahead and say what's up? Hey, everybody. I am back for another round of Kiki and with Coco. Thanks for having me. Excited about today's topic. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, so we're going to start off the show with the drink with cocoa and Leah recommended this drink. It's called Love Potion 69 and it is so good. Like I just, I just drank one and it's, I think it's definitely like a good drink. You eat, you know, have something at the house and you want a signature drink. This is a nice drink to have. So I'm going to give you guys the ingredients. It is one ounce of Malibu rum, one ounce of peach snaps, half an ounce of like a dark rum. So I used Captain Morgan um, spiced rum. Girl, did you know Bacardi 151 got discontinued? What? Yes, I went to look for it and it wasn't anywhere on the shelf. So I, I'm looking like what's a substitute for um, Bacardi 151. And it was like it got discontinued. <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I got a and story you know, about Bacardi 151. But... I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> so besides the alcohol, there is four ounces of pineapple juice and two ounces of cranberry juice. And it is definitely a good mixture. So go ahead, try it out. Let me know what you think about it. You know, tag me in a post um, if you decide to make this drink. But, you know, just a little quick backstory on the Bacardi 5151. Mm, mm, mm. The first night me and my ex-husband hung out, he brought this Bacardi 151 to my house. And I'm thinking, like, I'm a G. I drink Hennessy. I can do, I do this. I couldn't even move the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bacardi 5151 ain't nothing to play with. I said, I should have known from back. that night he was not the one. <laughs> <laughs> like, he should have forewarned me. No, <laughs> <laughs> on your back that 151 that 151 ain't no joke it is not no joke but that ain't no funk at all oh my god that's hilarious so go ahead try that out let me know what y'all think and before i move into the word on the street so last time we talked about the brandy versus monica versus uh what you think about the brandy versus monica Man, it was kind of tight for me because I was I kept going back and forth between Monica and Brandy, and I'm like, their voices are so they have like those distinct voices, so you know as soon as they start building out any kind of note or anything, you know which one is Monica, which one is Brandy. Yeah. But I oh 
Monica is they're both so soulful mm-hmm. and they both they both sing. I think I resonate with both of them. I might be like a uh shout out to the Gemini's with the dual with the dual personality. Dual personalities, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Monica is like whenever she sings their range, it's just like both of them sing from a place of experience. Yes, and I yes. think people could really relate to people when you sing from like a place like you know, this is not something that maybe she wrote. Like a, a lot of their music, both of them, they do a lot of co-writing on their own music. Mm-hmm. So it's you feel it so much more as a connoisseur of the that genre because they they sing from a place of pain, a place mm-hmm. of experience, and this stuff. So it's like, I, you know, when I'm in my feelings, though, like when I'm really in my feelings, feelings, I, I listen to Monica. Like, I was about to get, say, you got to listen feelings. to Monica on that one. I, I, I'm like, in my feelings, I'm like, it's like, man, did she really, you know, did Rocco, who, which one of the daddies did this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did she experience this with? And then Brandy. Monica has actually gone through that. I think Brandy has gone through some portions of it, like Happy Ever, or, you know, um, she's never really had an extensive, long, like, super serious relationship publicly. Right. I think she's always wanted to have that, but I don't know what the blockage is for Brandy. Like, she's beautiful, she's soulful. Um, she's such a good spirited individual, like her energy is very good, mm-hmm. but I don't know why she hasn't been able to be successful in relationship. I don't um, know. So, you know, you, you know, everybody want to say like, if you like young girls shouldn't be dating older men, or they want to talk about all these famous men who date these younger women, but you know, we we haven't discussed younger younger women in the industry, like act, the actual successful person, the successful woman in yeah. the industry, dating older men. And so when you think about Brandy's second album with the Have You Ever and stuff like that, she was dating Wanye from Boys to Men at that time. Oh, and he was, was definitely yeah. way older than she was oh yeah he was yeah and of course you got her baby daddy that she lied about secretly marrying and then i remember i still don't understand that i don't either but when you think i guess like the pressure for her is that she was supposed to be this good girl you know whatever so for her to get pregnant and not be married i guess she felt like she had to protect her brand yeah yeah, um, yeah. And then when you think about when 211 came out, you know, around mm-hmm. the time Whitney Houston passed away, she was actually engaged to somebody. So I remember that guy, like the light skinned guy or something. They was like guy. all show, showboating and, mm-hmm. you know, all on social media. And it was like really, really, really good. And then it just went left and you didn't yeah. see him no more. So I yep, think I remember that. from that, ex- I think from the experience with her baby daddy and the experience with her previous fiance, maybe between then and between now, she's just learned to be more protective or secretive about her relationships because, and maybe that's the issue on why her relationships ain't never lasted. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, for me, I'm like, what? Why, you know, this engagement, like, they were, what happened? Yeah. Like, what happened? I mean, like, and you just never get, you never get any kind of conclusion to any of her mm-hmm. relationships. Like, to me, Monica is a little bit more transparent. Yeah. And a little bit more, um, she's a little bit better um, equipped to communicate. Let me say yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, she just, she, she likes to put herself in a position where she can be um, more transparent and just out there with her fans to let them know, hey, you know, she been through this, the death of the, the first fa- baby father, I think, uh, or the second one. One of the daddies is or passed away or something. I oh, thought, not, not I thought away. the first two kids the boyfriend, the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah the, boyfriend the boyfriend passed, and then I think yeah, she the got boy, with Rocco. And then she got with Rocco, had the babies, and then they never got married, but they always kind of never, I, I kind of saw interaction between them, and they, they seemed like they were better off as friends. Yeah. And then getting with, I forgot who she got with after after him. Um, I think it was the, well, I don't know, but I think it was Shannon Brown who she was married to. Yeah, with the baby, Layla, the yeah. daughter. Mm-hmm. And then now that's like, they literally getting a divorce. And I'm like, man, come mm-hmm. on. I'm like, so, but the the versus battle was really, I, it was just really good. I love Monica. I love both of them. But when I'm in my feelings, I have to go like with Monica. And when I'm kind of on like an empowerment, something to keep me motivated, keep me going. I listen to like Brandy. Both of them are good in their own way, but Monica gets you like, man, why you just couldn't do this right? Why you just yeah. couldn't? And it's, so I it's love like Brandy. she give you that girl. I can relate to you vibe. Like I've been yes. there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But the vibe, yes. you know, speaking of Brandy and how you know a relationship is what she wants. Like, I've yeah. definitely been listening to both of them since the verses happened. And mm-hmm. from what I gather from a lot of her songs, like, yes, yeah, she gonna empower you. And yes, yeah, she does have her heartbreak songs. But when she had them yeah. love songs, she in yeah. love in love. And you can tell. Yes, you can. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. That everything is a little bit more passionate. It's just deeper. Yeah. And I'm like, man, she's taking you to a whole other, give me a whole other little experience listening yeah. to this. So it's <laughs> one song that I ne- I, I've never heard this song before the verses. Um, mm-hmm. But it's called He Is. And I love that song. Like I the words it. to it, it's like you can just tell she is in love in this song. And I Brandy. Brandy, yeah, Brandy. Okay. She is in love in this song. And I just like it's taking love to a whole nother plane, I feel. So wow. That that is my that. favorite song. And I don't know if it's because I feel like I just love love. So I'm like, I can I can understand what it feels like to be in that type of love. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just like, yes, girl, yes. Them words is really for the love of your life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I got to listen to that. He is? Okay. He is. I got to listen to that. Okay. Yes, I'm so listen that to that list. song, y'all. That song is, is good. Yeah, I'm listening to that. So we did our recap on the Brandy and Monica verses. Now, 
we got, I feel like, the ultimate battle, Patty versus Gladys. I know some people may be like, girl, what you know about Patty and Gladys? But when I tell you, my mama did not listen to no current music when I was a kid. She listened to V103, and V103 in Chicago played the old school. And it played some new school, but it was strictly R&B new school. It wasn't a no battle. Rap. It wasn't yep. no rap in it. It wasn't. It wasn't. Nope. So, and if you turned on some rap, Rena was like, uh-uh, turn that off. She'd get in the car <laughs> today and be like, turn that off. So, when okay. I talk about Patty and Gladys, like, I'm I'm here for it. M- Mama Patty, I'm, I'm, I'm going for Patty, though, y'all. <laughs> I have to say, too, I don't know. You know, I, I was doing my little homework on them, and we grew up, of course, piggybacking off of the V103. I always, we always listened to Herb Kent. And so yeah. Herb Kent was on Sunday, so it was a battle yeah. on Sunday. Uh-huh. So you After had they played your the gospel music. Yes. Then you had your battle. So it was like, man, now we're going to praise God. Now we got to get into this battle. Yep. And this battle right here is like the ultimate. So I was just kind of sizing them up. I didn't know they were both 76 years old. I didn't know they were, they are both the same age. Mm-hmm. And Patty has been in the business for like 60 years. I think they're both kind of neck and neck on the years they've been in the business. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of, um, just an eye opener to see that they were like, you know, the Grammy award winners and, and, um, Patty was the first African-American vocalist to kind of be featured on the, uh, Rolling Stones cover, which that's something I didn't know about when I was looking, listening and and learning about her. But, and then to give glad, to give Gladys my help prop, she is one of the 100 greatest voices of Rolling Stone named her. Mm-hmm. So it's like y'all, y'all got they got theme songs. Gladys wrote um the theme song for James Bond and eighty nine. I mean, they both are like the clash of the titans. Mm-hmm. But Patty's what puts Patty over the edge for me is her range. That yeah. vocal range is sick. Mm-hmm. Gladys can go, I mean, I think Gladys is one of the most um like an alto tenor, like she can go low, she can really get 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 deep with it. Yeah. But Patty's range, and I also think Patty's stage presence is a little bit more is a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, than Gladys's as far as how you can really feel her. You know, I mm-hmm. think about the Fantasias that take their shoes off on the stage. You know, yeah. Patty kicks them heels. You hear me? Pat, Patty's gonna take you to church. <laughs> Yes, she is. She gonna take you there, baby, and them hands get to flapping like them wings. shoulders, them shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> them shoulder pads. Yes, <laughs> and Gladys get up there, and she gets a hump. So I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of torn. I love Patty, and then she made those Patty pies. That 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 food kind of got my tummy, tummy on full. You know. Did you see that video where um I guess Patty was showing like all the food she was making getting prepared for the verses? Man, do you hear me? That that ain't even right to cook like that. 
no and, and have people sit down and so i i just love patty i resonate with her style i you know she keep, i love that she has always had a nail she don't be playing about her nails her hair her make she's always very stylish and gladys is too in her own way but a little bit more conservative right patty's a little bit more flashy with her she's mm-hmm. like to be t- tina knows mama's mama or sister you know what i mean yeah. you know so, like uh you, I don't like. I feel like in the eighties, Patty was wearing that hair like spiked up or whatever. Yeah, that mm-hmm. girl be just doing that, still doing. Okay. Yep. But so I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm going for Patty. I'm definitely going for Patty. Mm-hmm. But I'm just hoping that Gladys. Um. But 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 that range. Mm. Hmm. If I had to pick a favorite song from each of them. I would say from Patty is If Only You Knew. Yes. And then yes. for Gladys. Hmm. She got a lot of good songs. Yes, she does. Maybe If I Was Your Woman might be that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to agree with you. I like Midnight Train of Georgia, too. Yeah. I love I that. I feel like everybody know that song. Everybody know that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I like, if, if those are like the oldest, older versions of them. Yeah. But I love If Only You Knew, definitely by Patty. That put, that gets you in your feelings, okay? Mm-hmm. You and, know, um, I think everybody got that one person that you kind of just be like, if you really knew how I felt, like maybe yeah. it could be different. <laughs> Man. It, I, I would I would have to agree with you. I have to I gotta look at their um gotta look at some of their masters and soundtracks and see but now uh, if you wanna talk about a soundtrack song, Gladys did Missing You for the Set It Off soundtrack and it had brand wasn't that on it. girl that was fire. Yes. Didn't she do that? Mm-hmm. And then, then Patty turned around. Didn't she do? She had a song on "Wait to Exhale" that I like too. You say what now? Uh, Patty's song. I forgot the name of it. It's on "Wait to Exhale" soundtrack. She did a song on that movie soundtrack on "Wait to Exhale." Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I have to think of the name of it because I was just listening to it the other day, other morning. I can't even think of the name of it on "Wait to Exhale," um, but. It was, dang. I got now, that soundtrack that. was a good one, too. Like, my mama used to play that soundtrack. Right. So you would think that thing was about to fall off the track. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to it's think. Oh, my me, love, um, sweet love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that because it was like, uh, that was when she was dating Loretta Devine's ex-husband, mm. you know, when he came out, um, and that was, that was who that song to me, it was like every song, soundtrack and song in that movie, that's another, another, uh, that's another Coco for another day, Kiki, <laughs> that's another Kiki for another day, uh, episode, yeah. okay, that movie and soundtrack, because that was the first movie that actually, you know how you can hear snippets of the soundtrack in the background for different yeah, scenes for yeah. different ladies because they were all going for different through different stuff. Mm-hmm. So that song actually played when David Tariq's father came to visit her. 
Mm-hmm. And she was oh, really yeah, yeah, hoping yeah. they was going to have a good time. And mm-hmm. I was playing in the background because she loved his father. Yeah. She was, when he came out and said he had been gay for years, she was like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't have to go this far, you know? Right. So If you don't want me, just say you don't want me. But you ain't got to say you gay. You ain't got to do all (laughs) Girl, that's one of my favorite movies, too. (laughs) Girl, that's another key key, okay? But Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that that song, um, it was was kind of a melancholy song. It wasn't sad, but it was just that woman just really expressing that, you know, he was her love he was her heart really so mm-hmm. it that was a good one too they both have done some wonderful um bodies of work you know the gladys knight was in jamie fox you know she oh yeah yeah she was it both so, of them like, um had acting roles you know and patty is still acting you know she baby. had a role her last role was in star as queen latifah's so mother was mm-hmm. she was something you hear me and you know what my favorite role of her i have to say that probably resonated more with who she actually really was with both of them in their acting roles was probably a different world remember she played dwayne wayne's mama my little little chipmunk and that blueberry cobbler nah it wasn't the blueberry it was that prune pot prune cobbler Like, you know, I like prunes. I do like prunes, but I don't know if I want a prune cool in a <laughs> Baby. And she was like, my little chipmunk love mine. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, Miss Thing. Was a prune cobbler. That Ms. little Miss Thing. Yeah. yeah, that little Miss Thing. <laughs> Talking about Whitley. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's definitely so, more her personality. It's going to be a good one. Hmm. Yeah, that was more her personality and spirit. Now, I think she could act anyway, but I think they're both like two huge titanic ships of, of just their body of work overall. And you can't mm-hmm. help but love one over the other. It really just depends on the kind of mood that you're in. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It just depends on the kind of mood you're in for both of them. But yeah, I, I, I like them both. I mm-hmm. definitely like them both. Yep. So I'm rooting for my patty pie. But I'm just saying, Gladys is, is, is um she's she is literally right there. Yeah. It's really like no level be no level one above the other. It's just really more a preference because the body of work they've done a, they each have done a lot of uh, philanthropic work. So I I'm I'm for just the fun of it. But yeah, but I yeah. like I love my Miss Patty. I th- I think it's just one of those things just to hear their music at one time and like just giving you all these vibes feelings and stuff so i'm definitely looking forward to um hearing the the whole little project me too me too definitely i'm excited definitely excited and then we got the fresh prince of bel-air um talking about doing a reunion i feel like all these shows do a reunion and the last Uh reunion that they did they did not include dark skin Aunt Viv. And, you know, it's no rumor that the dark skin Aunt Viv and Will Smith apparently didn't get along with each other. And that's why she got replaced. But I will say, I, I just remember even being younger and watching it and seeing Aunt Viv change. And it was like, who is this woman? 
This ain't Aunt Viv. Like, who is this light-skinned woman? Aunt Viv is dark. <laughs> okay, okay. I think, too, the, I think for me, like, I, I don't understand. I don't know the inner workings of the beef or anything. But to me, I never, I didn't care for the new Aunt Viv. I didn't. Um, I think the darker Aunt Viv, I forgot her name. Um, she has, she really created, um, she was like soulful and snazzy and snappy mm -hmm. and had an attitude, uh, uh, attitude, but educated and still bougie. Like she was sassy, bougie, ratchet. Okay. Sexy. Yes. She was about her fitness. She was just really the glue for me as far as the Banks family outside right. of, of Will. It was like she kind of put some things in perspective that you could still have your, you know, your snazziness, but she was educated. She was mm -hmm. a woman that had a PhD. That was her highest degree on the show. Yep. And um, I think the newer Aviv was more. The, the housewife. Was, yeah, she was just more conservative. The housewife, like to me, Aviv, the, the darker version, she was a boss. She still yeah. had that boss mentality. Like Philip, you know, she was still submissive, but she still could stand in her power. Right. I didn't like, I didn't like the second one too much because it was like she was more or less like, um, like you said, just like the housewife. It was mm -hmm. more like, you know, what did she even do for a living? You know what I mean? Yeah. Did she do anything? You know, I, I don't know what she did. I know the first one was like the professor, the teacher, the, you know, her husband was a lawyer. I like women in power with husbands like that, like Claire Huxtable and Cliff yeah. Huxtable. He's Cliff Huxtable, lawyer yeah. and doctor, whatever they were, she still had her identity. And mm -hmm. I think when they rewrote that second on vid, it just kind of took it down a level, not just for me. So I I did watch um, Fresh Prince on Netflix because it's on there. And I did see, like, in one of the episodes, it did bring up with the new Aunt Viv that she was a professor. But I want to say that after she had Nikki, she took a back seat from her career to be a stay-at-home mom for the last baby. And... I felt like they rewrote it that way because it was a different character playing this person. And they wanted, to, I think, to mold it more to that person's personality. And because, like you said, the first Aunt Viv was a boss. She could hold her own ground, yet be submissive. And the second Aunt Viv, it was like she had her moments and Phil would be like, okay, let me get it together. But in the same token, it wasn't the same kind of sassy. No, and I think too, um, I, I kind of questioned the kind of mental with where was Will since that was his show. He's a very, um, even with watching like the Red Table Talks with him and Jada earlier on, you could tell that because of his military background with his father, just going back into some of the history of him because it was his show and his idea. I think it was, it, it, it gave us a little bit of an insight into his mindset of what he thought of women at the time, because, you know, his first wife, Cherie, she was a stay-at-home mom with Trey. Mm -hmm. I think she let Will shine. She let him come out of there. And I think Aunt Viv would be like the more of the Jada. 
yeah. you know, she's standing in her power. She's doing her thing. She's still a boss. She ain't going to let you run over her, but she's still going to compromise and do what's necessary for the family. So mm. I wonder if this Aunt Viv, the second light skin one, was maybe kind of a rewrite of what, how he saw Cherie in his first marriage. Because I think Will is a very, earlier on, was very controlling. So yeah. with that, he uh, he had an idea of things, of how he wanted things to be and how he thought things should look. So it's like, I wonder if that was kind of his mindset with creating this other second Aunt Viv, which I really didn't care for. And she didn't give me a whole lot of screen presence either. No, not, no, not like the first Aunt Viv for sure. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. But in this reunion, the dark skin Aunt Viv is supposed to be present. Um she is going to be present. So whatever the beef was, um, I think they have, apparently they've squashed it, that he's able to include her in this new, in the in the new reunion. And I think he would catch a lot of backlash if he ever tried to not, to, to, to disassociate Fresh Prince, the success of it without her. Yeah. So I even think, I think know, he just, did just, try to do that for a long time. But, you know, as of late with people, I think people with social media having such a big present and presence in our culture, people have yeah. been very vocal about not liking the fact that they changed dark skin Aunt Viv to light skin Aunt Viv or how yeah. they don't even associate with her. And she's actually gone on social media and did like a rant about not being a part of a reunion before. <laughs> wow. The dark skin on Dark Viv. skin on Viv, yeah. And I don't blame her because to me... I think her name is like Karen. Karen yeah, Hubert. Another Karen, huh? <laughs> and parents be real vocal. <laughs> Karen's be real talkative. They got a lot of opinions. And you know what? I related to her. Like, if you think about it, the light skin on Viv with the sisters by and all them when they were yeah. coming to town, like those actors, like they fit better with her, with the camera, yeah. with the doctor on Viv. Like they were like the soul sisters. Right. And then the, like they the were other more like when they got together, like you could tell it yes. was a sister vibe. Yes, but the not with the light skin on Viv, it was more like, ah, uh, uh, right. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll like, make that's it work. The bougie sister. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I think definitely I, I don't blame her. I don't blame her for going on a rant because that 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 to me would kind of that that would tick me off just period because she kind of she really helped in making the show. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So guys, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll come back with the hot cup of cocoa. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by It's Untamed Beauty. What is It's Untamed Beauty? It is a lifestyle. It is about sexuality, self-love, self-care, good vibes, energy cleansing. That is everything in one place. You got waist beads, crystals, sage, everything to just make positive stuff happen. So go to itsuntamedbeauty.com. Use Coco10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. And I love my waist beads. I love being able to 
live in a positive space because I use my sage and crystals to, you know, manifest the things I want in my life. So go ahead, Coco 10, it's untamedbeauty.com. What's up, guys? We're back and we about to get into the hot cup of cocoa. So one of my favorite movies and one of Leah's favorite movies is Love Jones. And if you don't know what Love Jones is, I don't know what brick you've been living up under, but you need to get into it because it's a, it's a classic. Please. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it got Lawrence Tate and Nia Long, two people that ain't aged since then. <laughs> Man, they look good. They, they, they look still good. looking mighty good. Yes, they are. Definitely. And so the reason we're talking about Love Jones is because there are a lot of relationship things in them that I think we all can relate to. We have all been through these situations. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, I think it's just a good kind of like, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So one of the first things about Love Jones is these two people meet, they meet by chance, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. the guy is so taken by this woman, Lawrence Tate is taken by Nia Long, and their names in the movie is Darius Lovehall and Nina Mosley, yes. and Darius is so taken by Nina that he kind of just pops up and and anybody listening who ain't never seen this movie is like what he popped up at her house but um, <laughs> y'all did baby uh, Ooh, his, his, his friends worked at a record shop for those of you yeah. that don't know what that is you know people used to go to these places and buy cds records tape cassette tapes you know whatever mm-hmm. And she went and she wrote a check. I know we don't write checks no more, but right. she wrote a check. And of course, your check has your address on it. And Darius just so happened to be in the record store while she was there. And after she left, mm-hmm. you know, well, while she was there, he tried to shoot a shot. She turned him down. So when she mm-hmm. left, he asked the friend for the address. The friend like, now, why would I do that? He like, man. Because, you because I'm girl. your boy. <laughs> and she gave him the address. <laughs> she gave him the address. OMG. So and he you know, sat up at her house with a record that she was looking for that they did not yep. have. The Isley Brothers CD. Yep. And she agreed to go on a date with him. Man. They apparently was a hit. Man, this that movie, oh my gosh. And then just just thinking about it too real quick is like they in the very beginning cuz I love the soundtrack which is super dope on that movie too. She actually um was let go or I guess she left. She's that photographer. So Nina Mosley was that up and coming photographer. Darius was the up and coming writer. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a divine connection and divine timing that neither one of them knew was actually taking place in the universe. Right. They had stuff going on in their own lives 
And it was like the universe somehow, you know, brought them together. Mm -hmm. She was a photographer, but, you know, she really wanted to have her own situation, but she was an assistant to the guy, remember? Right. And he was like, you know, this ain't working out. Maybe you'd be better off on your own. So she threw his, when they got his bagels and stuff, she threw that bag to the side and left. Then they uh, switched it to Darius. He was like, man, I can't believe I'm finally gone from that place. So they were both in their feelings in, in search of their own purpose on their own separate journeys. Mm -hmm. That was what was so awesome about it. And they both wind up frequenting the, the uh, record store, like you said. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was just amazing how that just like all happened all in sync. Who, what, what are the odds that you all both like lo not lose your jobs, but just walk out into your own purpose and just start on this own journey? Yeah. It's it's kind of like one of those things, you know, it happens when you least expect it type situations. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, she agreed to go on this date. What was they doing? What was the first part of the date? You remember? Wait a minute. The, the actual first time that he took her out when he came to her house, she he said, well, you know, if you don't say yes, you know, I'm going to be bringing these CDs every day. Print CDs. Like, no. I'll say print CDs. Tish <laughs> so love prints. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Tish. Okay, she loved prints, but print CDs, and she was like, he was like, you know, that brother be cranking them albums out, so I could be here every day. And she's like, no, no, no. He wanted to take her to. Um, they were having a get together. I think it was it at Savon's house. Oh yeah, it was at Savon's house, and they was yeah. playing game like a playing game night, playing games, and yeah, just like a real chill night, and. Then, the uh Sheila was doing her African dancing and they started having this conversation about if God, God being was a woman. Man, yeah, being a woman, because if he was a man, you know, they wouldn't be all hung up on women like they do and, and sprung up off of them. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the first part of the day. Then the second part, they went to the legendary Wildhead in Chicago. <laughs> it was uh, like a regular night. <laughs> yes. That's what they're known for. Raggae, Jamaican, man, it is one of the most, it's a staple. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, fun night. We, we'll, we'll be going there when you'll be frequenting that. Yeah. So <laughs> if y'all ever in Chicago, look up the wild hair. It's still a thing. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, they went to the wild hair. And of course, like with the reggae beats, you know, it's it's a lot of close body dancing, you know. Yes. And after that, you know, he goes to take her home. You could feel a sexual tension between the two, and they at the door, and she like, I can't go out like this, you know. And he's like, you know, I understand, whatever. Let me just come up and talk. We all know how that goes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Come, come up and talk. Exactly. Me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was like, Come up and talk, and she was like, I can't go out now. They both knew they wanted it, you know, they obviously knew the attraction was there, mm -hmm. that was no question. But it was like, I we can't do this on the first night, and then it was like, Shit, you coming upstairs, right? So it's like, Man, oh man, this is gonna be some fun, 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 and, and, and it was some fun, it yeah, was some fun, very interesting. So they had sex on the first date. And yes, I know a lot of us grew up, don't give it up on the first night, you know, and sometimes it just happens. 
you know, you you don't anticipate it. You just be like, yeah, we're going to go out. Sometimes the vibe is just so strong. It's kind of like you just want to act on it. And I don't think it's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, growing up, that definitely was like a cliche. It was like, uh, okay, so these are the rules. The first rule is, okay, you go out, you conduct yourself as a lady. You know, he bring you home, pick you up, open the door. He comes to the door, don't honk the horn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And don't get out. I'm like, if a man doesn't get out for me and it's like, okay, it's like old school dating versus new school. Where's the middle ground? Okay, you getting out, you opening this door. Don't don't honk no horn. Don't, you know, even even to lean over to open my door for me to let me in. That's not acceptable. Like I need you to get out and open my door. But some people, it's it's like you know, I'm cool with it. He leaned over to push the door open, so that's the same. I'm like that. It's not the same. That's not the same. Okay, I'm gonna need you to get out from your seat and come on around and put me in the car safely, and then you come put yourself back in. I'm gonna right. need you to do all of those things, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you talking about trying to get some on the first night, you can't open car doors. <laughs> no, no. But but I I don't know if they. <sighs> to me, if if that was me, if I am Nina Mosley in that situation, it's definitely going down on the first night. <laughs> <laughs> In that particular situation, because it was just too much. Like I could feel the tension off of the screen from yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn, did they have to do anything like while filming this movie? Because it was really, it was intentional. It was just passionate. Even when mm-hmm. I see them talk about it today, or just like catch um, old interviews of them talking, it's like, damn, did they really try to have something? Because she's definitely would have been Lorenz Tate's type being that he is from Chicago. Right. South Side Chicago. That definitely would have been his speed. Yeah, now, for sure. And she seemed like she, that may have been her speed too, but she might have liked maybe a taller, darker. I don't know what her flavor, but she, she was definitely his his speed in yeah. that in that in that particular season. So I'm like, man, what so it was so much intense. But if I am standing at that door that moment and so he's that close to me is definitely going down for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think people put a lot of emphasis on um and i understand that too you know you want to be respected as a woman and you're going to conduct yourself all, as always as a lady mm-hmm. but i think being a grown woman and you have a grown man and you all have those conversations I think that's where you know the communication is going in like he understood that she didn't want to go out like that but it's more like you know some men like well why you you know act on what you feel it's like no because then you know you have me categorized a certain way in your mind and in your head and in the morning you know that's not gonna be how you feel about it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah and then don't don't let the sex be whack you know, yeah. and then we done did this on the first night. It's like, now we ain't never gonna talk to you. You ain't getting no phone call. <laughs> 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 You're not getting a phone call. You know what I mean? Let's uh-uh. keep it real. I can't, if I have to, for me as a woman, um, and just speaking just candidly, just about being a woman in general and having girlfriends and how our conversations will talk, it's just like, 
for a woman, if we have to think about and dissect like little pieces of something that was good, but that one was okay, that could have been better, you're probably not going to be like the first one on the list for, to get no action. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You, have to have to be, you have to be the full body of work for a female. It's like, yeah, he th- th- this was it here. Yeah. You know, checking A, B, C, and D boxes. So, but I think, man, the, 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 when they went upstairs, it was so intense. It was like that scene. Yeah. It it was just That's so. I I don't know if it was the way it was shot, you know, like video recorded or whatever. But Man. the the scene itself, it was very passionate. Like you yes, could tell that the it was an attraction. There. Yeah, it was definitely a physical attraction gone right. <laughs> Yes, it was gone. It it went all the way right. You hear right. me? What none what none left about that except that. You hear me? Mm-mm. I don't know if he had no curve with it or what, but he had it, it went all the way to the right. It went all yes. the way to the right. And he yes. got up the next morning, he made an omelet, you know, and mm. you know, I don't necessarily even I don't necessarily think either one of them thought that it would go anywhere because they slept with each other on the first night. Like, yeah, the attraction was there, but mm-hmm. they didn't either. Neither of them thought it would go anywhere. And so um, initially after that first date, it was kind of like, we just hanging out. We just having fun because Nina did just get out of a relationship. So out of an engagement, she right, got out of an engagement. Yep. And so her thought process wasn't necessarily, I'm trying to be with this man. It's just, we having fun. We have a good, you know, we we get along well with each other, whatever. Mm -hmm. And And you know what's kind of crazy too? In the the first part of the movie was like, I, I don't know if I could feel, it was like, let me just watch this bar scene. Remember when it first came on? Yeah. He spilled his drink at the bar. Uh-huh. And you could, uh, you could see that there was like a slight connection that had been made there. Mm-hmm. But they both were not really. It was just kind of like when she asked him what was he thinking about. And she, he was like this woman that he met once. Mm-hmm. And she, um, Nina was like, well, she must have been fine. Yeah, so she was like, "Oh, you could tell you was deep in thought." I think that really cap- captured him because she wasn't just beautiful, but she had some substance. Right. So I think that was that's what kind of caught his attention initially before he did the whole poem and did all of that stuff. Yeah. And then when they were outside, it was like you know I would um there's other nothing wrong with sex. Yeah. But there's other other topics, and when yeah. she wrote love on his hand. I think that really kind of struck a chord with him where he was intrigued by by her because he was a writer and then they had they had a they had a, a um it was like a they had like a spiritual connection. It was just a vibe yeah. that they had right then. Cuz it wasn't just a physical attraction. It was definitely um I think they well her for sure left an impression on him. And like you said, it intrigued him to want to know more about her. Yes, it definitely did. He wanted to know, like, who is this person? Like, what is this whole, like, I mean, you actually get, you actually did, a, you sang, you wrote a poet 
poem for me off the dome. Like you yeah. got up there and wrote a whole poem for me. Like really? Mm-hmm. So I think that was and that like poem very- is called "Brother to the Night." <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's like, you went up there and wrote a whole poem for me off the dome. And I'm mm-hmm. like, trying to become the blues. What is it? The funk in your right thigh, the blues in your the left or the right thigh. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? That whole, that line right there. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the oh. poem definitely struck a chord as far as. You know, some like he literally made this poem, like she said, off the dome, and it went off of how he felt in that moment. You know, I think too. Um, um, and going back to what you said in that being in that moment, I think that's where they both were that night when they slept together. It was just like we in this moment. Mm-hmm. It's magic. It's it's this chemistry. It's something in this air between me and this woman, and we both can't deny it. And it's just going down. Yeah. And I mean, it, like you said, it went all the way to the right, and it it was all the way correct on every on every level. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and when she came down on her road, baby, he was in had that omelet, and I'm like, mm. mm. Like, come on with it now. And then, <laughs> then he asked her, he said, is this something else or something else that she wanted? Yeah, and I she was said, like, don't ask me that. And <laughs> 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 I was like, come on now, Lord, have you child. Yes. <laughs> come on, oh. come on. <laughs> come on with the come on. Do you hear me? Yes. I said, baby that's a whole whole other situation i'm like oh to be in that kitchen i mean and then they they had an exchange of you know do you want to see me again and he's like yeah i really want to you know i want to hang out again and and then it just it just starts this whole it starts this whole whirlwind of this relationship it's just like man Mm-hmm. A situationship, okay? A situationship. Man. I mean, who defines that? What is a, what is the situation? It's like, so the situation turns into a relation. Or what, I mean, how do you even, girl, that's really something. <laughs> uh, a situationship. Man. is what Nina and Darius had in the beginning. Like yeah. they knew they liked each other. They know that they knew they had an attraction to each other, but they were just hanging out. They had not defined what they were. Yeah, um, no definition. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no definition there. You you know you something to each other, but you're not specifically exclusive with each other. Exactly. Which, which is why Nina left to go to New York to rekindle her relationship with her ex-fiance when the fiance came to her house and said, I want to work it out. Come to New York. Mm, 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 Girl, I would have been like, how dare you? (laughs) Right? Like, dude, you left. You left the home we lived in together with no notice. (laughs) And just dipped. (laughs) And bounced, okay? 
and then and then this is how you coming back to me. What was his name in the movie? Mar was it Marvin or something? Marvin. Like Marvin. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? When he did that, I was like, how dare you interrupt me right now? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm having well, I'm having this moment. This this and it's so crazy because it's like people people exit your life in relationships. They come in. Some people come out. But I think there's there is you know truly somebody for everybody. But it's like there are these divine situations and it's this divine timing mm -hmm. of the universe where it just like bringing two people together or in the same atmosphere or you know like you even being like in a certain space where you are in the UK or whatever you know what I mean mm -hmm. Who say that 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 relationship is not there or you know if and when you return to, to the states when you get it's like is that the season for it is that person waiting at the airport it's like you just don't know mm -hmm. what the universe is like doing and calculating this stuff it's 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 crazy. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, you know, we, we all get with our friends. So, of course, she was like, what do I do? He had bought her a train ticket to go to New York. So, all she had to do was go. But, of course, yep. she got this situation right now. And so, we get mm. with our girlfriends and we talk and we like, girl, what should I do? You know? Yeah. And so she's talking to her friend and her friend is like, well, what you want to do? And mm -hmm. she kind of like, you know, I want to see what's up, but then I know I got this situation here. So the friend yeah. is like, well, this is what you do. Tell old boy, you know, I'm going to go check out this situation in New York. Mm -hmm. And if he trip, then don't go. But if he don't mm -hmm. trip, then go. <laughs> Playing a whole damn mind game. Yeah. And and I will say that is the part I hate about dating. Is because you yeah. sometimes you gotta play these games to get the, yeah. sometimes you gotta play games to get the results you want. And then sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like this is the time, this is the season, this is happening. And sometimes yeah. it's just like, I think when you have uncertainty in your relationship, where it comes that they didn't have no definition, you know, when yeah. it comes, when uncertainty happens, you feel like you have to play these mind games in order to get the re the desired result. Yeah, I think that's the case in a lot of, in a lot of situations, um, situationships, I should say, mm -hmm. because. I think that for some men, they're very closed off as to how they really are feeling and how they want to, how they choose to express mm -hmm. um, how they're really feeling. I think that they, they keep a lot of things bottled up. A lot of men are not really vocal in that, which is what I think Darius did in this situation. Mm -hmm. Because really, when he got with his boy at the pool hall, he was like, man, she put it on me. Yeah. Like she could be like, the one. Oh, he got bit. Yeah, he was, and he stopped playing pool. He took his glasses off. He was like, <laughs> "Oh, you didn't got bit like, by what? that bug. You done bit by that bug." He said, "You didn't. Yeah, yeah. You got the, you got them Jones put on. You had uh -huh. me love Jones." 
And he was like, man, he was like, and I got up and I made breakfast. And he was like, breakfast? You? What you cook? You? Know, <laughs> you? He was like, man, I got up. So he was expressing all of this, you know, which is what men do, talking to his boys. Mm-hmm. But when he was around her, you was all of this cool, calm, and collected. But he also had lied to his friend. He knew. He knew deep down that he was in love. Mm-hmm. He knew he had found who he was looking for, but he was not ready to tell her that. Right. Um, and I don't think she was ready to tell him that either because it was more like, hey, we just kicking it. We just hanging out. They still putting that title on it. Mm-hmm. And so they still had not become a relationship, officially anything. Yeah. Right now they was just friends with benefits, hanging out. We know that there's a chemistry here. We know that we got something here, but you know, they hadn't really expounded into each other's lives to really find out if they could bring everything together because he still didn't know. She, he knew she was a photographer. And of course that comes out more as the movie goes on, but, and then him and Ryder, so they got into each other's lives more and they started kind of mirroring each other, like in the middle and going through the movie with, yeah. with just how things were. So Man, this this um this this brings about a lot of questions with people like in these situations because typically, you know, a woman knows that she's gonna sleep with a man in five minutes. You know, we looking at him, we sizing him up, we already know it. If we just gonna be honest about it, it's like man, okay. Facts for facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a potential candidate, like this is a okay, all right, I see you. So our little spirits be like, oh, okay, I see you, you know. Mm-hmm. And a man does as well. Yeah. You know, like if, if they have their criteria, like men do have their criteria, just like women do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, let me, you know, see if I can push up on this and see how I can get what's going on here. So I, for her, I think it was more or less like, she was healing from hurt that she had already encountered being and going through that engagement. Right. Um, You know, with Marvin just totally dropping the ball with it. Mm -hmm. And I think she, she wanted to open herself up to Darius, but I think she was confused as to how she really could, or even had the feeling that she could. Cause it was like, damn, am I supposed to be feeling like this for this guy? You know, you know, I'm just getting out of this situation. And for Darius, it was never really portrayed that he ever really had anybody. He seemed like he was the single bachelor living his life, doing his thing. But I don't think he was actually, he never, he never intended to feel that way for her. Right. I think that caught him totally off guard. And mm-hmm. that I, I have a I have a personal story re- regarding that too, but that's another kiki for another coco. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that he was not expecting for her to be as dynamic as she was or for her to really captivate him like off the rip like that right i feel like he had he had his little side he had his women you know he had his picks of the chooses i i think it was one of those situations where you know you know when you look good you know when you you know what you bring to the table and so it was kind of like he he's the type of man that he knew he looked good. He knew he had his stuff together. And so it's just one of those things like I can get whoever I want. 
Like that's the part, that's the mentality I get from him, you know? And even after Nina leaves and he meets this other girl, you know, it was kind of one of those situations where, you know, they kind of in, I think they were in the same uh, poetry club or whatever, but you know, just kind of like, you attractive what's up you know and she gravitated towards him because he was a nice looking man you know and I think that's what it was initially like well I know I look good you know what I'm saying let me see what else is to this woman and but like he wasn't ready to admit what he was feeling so when she said I'm gonna go he was just like well you know we just kicking it so go yeah that's really not that ain't really what he really wanted. That was not his intention, you know? Um, And see, again, we don't know if he was ever like hurt in any of his like previous relationships or anything. Mm. We don't know any of that kind of stuff. We don't know if he had ever encountered anything with a woman where he had been hurt by the woman or whatever the case may have been. But it's like, why is it that you know, he couldn't, he wasn't able to be vocal at that time. Right. He was not able to tell her, hey, he I'm wasn't ready. You. He was not ready at that time. And I, I don't think he was prepared for the impact that she would have on his life. Because even if we watch interact with, wasn't, it wasn't the same passion. It wasn't the same zeal. It wasn't the same emphasis because they actually had fun as friends. Right, like they had those topics about, you know, the poetry and and all of the other stuff that he was talking about, the books, and um, they connected on another level. And it wasn't just physical; they was having fun together. They could yeah. just do things that 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 was fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he really had. It's like that was his home girl slash. You know, they smashing slash the homie love a friend. I mean, a homie, <laughs> mm-hmm. a straight homie, love a friend. Yeah, like, that was who who they were. So I, I um, man, it's 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 deep. It's very deep. Yeah, and so you know, with him not giving her the response she was looking for, maybe to turn up and be like, "Hell no, you're not gonna go." You know, okay. she left, and she went to go see. What was going on with the ex-fiance in New York? And I think we've all had those situations where we've kind of gone back to somebody just because, you know, of what we were in the past. And I think that's what made her go. And of course, if she was going to go and make a life with this man in New York, because he pretty much wanted to pick up where they left off at, you know. And so, of course, she's in New York looking for work. You know, because she's possibly thinking about making this place where her new life was going to be with this man. And as they go through the motions of being together, I think she kind of realized, like, this ain't this ain't what I want, you know, and, and they have a conversation and he's like, you know, we've been together all these years. What you mean? And she's like, that's the point. We have all these years, and what else? <laughs> what else do we have? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think she realized at that point that, you know, she had found a love because she, you know, had experienced that with 
with Darius. Yeah. She has experienced a different level of a connection, another level of intimacy that she had never felt with Marvin. Right. She had never felt that with him. And then here comes this person just out of the universe, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that just totally captivates her in such a way that he never did. Mm -hmm. So all of those years became literally just just those years. It was just time. Yep. It was nothing impactful or meaningful as far as she was concerned. And the other thing that resonated with me, just in, just in having dealt with some of the, something, a personality similar to that, it's like, there's nothing worse than, I mean, you, he didn't get it. No. There's nothing worse than the person that you're with. They just don't understand or they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't understand what she was coming from with that all those years. Right. He couldn't get the fact that, okay, well, yeah, we got all this history, but it, it, it it's just uh, that's just it mm-hmm. and it's like this man was able to come in and do all of this and put all this love jones on this lady he couldn't stop thinking about her and then when he finally got the nerve and courage to really want to tell her or just say something it was like a missed opportunity yeah he had just missed the train she was on the train and he had just missed it and then when she no, came that, back, that didn't happen yet that didn't happen yet. Uh, Okay, okay. Wait a minute. When did she get on the train? When did she? So she went back to Chicago, but she didn't reach out to Darius because I think she was going to, but then she was at a bookstore and just so happened to see her walking by with that girl. That's right. Yeah. And she decided to not call him. That's right. Because she felt like he had moved on. So. In oh, yeah, because that's when his buddy tried to move in from the funeral parlor. Right. <laughs> Driving the hearse. Driving the hearse. Talking about it's a back. Cadillac. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Yep. That part hadn't happened yet. Man, that was so hilarious. I mean, how do you even deal with that part, though? Okay, you come back to Chicago. You see your guy. See this guy you was in a situation with. Y'all smash. He got some other chick he talking to. And then his boy tried to come in and it's like, I just want to take pictures. I just want to have lunch. And she started doing this X, Y, and Z. And then they see each other. Mm-hmm. Is that, if that was like a pivotal, oh, that's a big no, no ladies. Never, never, never smash the homie. Never date the homie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't date the homie, ladies. Don't smash because they definitely talk in circles and your name will definitely be known. So that's mm-hmm. just a FYI. <laughs> so she, um, so the friend, like Leah said, pops up into the equation and he's like, yeah, because she's a photographer. So he's like, you know, I want you to shoot some pictures for me or whatever. No, well, he booked a session for some pictures. And when he popped yep. up, she's like, what you doing here? And he like, I want you to, you know, photograph me or whatever. So she takes the pictures and he's like, "Take, let me take you out, you know, whatever. So they go on a date. At the end of dinner, he's like, oh, it's a kickback over here. You want to go? And she's like, well, who all's going to be there? And he like, you know, just some friends, whatever. So they get there. And of course, it's Darius's friends. And oh. everybody is looking like, 
why she here, you know, whatever. So, of course, Nina is embarrassed. So, Nina walks out. She's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? So, she was like, why would you bring me here? And he's like, what you mean? And she's like, you know what I mean. Take me home. And so, him just being raggedy was like, I'm taking you nowhere. Trifling. Trifling. So, he like, walked in. (laughs) (laughs) And he left her out. When he walked in there, and he was like, well, where's Nina? Because he was paying attention to the interaction. Darius was, even though he was pissed off. Yeah. And so he was like, I don't know where she is. And she walking down the street and all of that. And then he runs out after her. And I'm like, gone, Darius. You know, so it was like the beginning of just trying to, he was like, I don't want to talk to you either. I just want to put your ass in this cab and make sure you get home. But it you know, the phrase know, that cracked me here. up, he was like, you walking down the street like somebody stole your fucking bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that being me like, exactly mm. what he said. <laughs> <laughs> she was stopping too. She was walking. That's my line too. That's exactly what he said to you. <laughs> You acting like somebody stole your fucking bike. <laughs> Girl. And when she did, she just looked at him like, <laughs> he really made this analogy. like Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But it was then- so gentleman-like of him to be like, I just want to make sure you get home okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And when they got to the payphone, I think they were like separately, I think standing there. And I think that's when they got kind of had the conversation like, oh, you should have told me you was going to be dating my boy and all this and that. Mm-hmm. And when they got in the cab, she was like, I don't think it would be makes much difference to you because I saw you and your girlfriend at the African bookstore or whatever. She slammed yeah. the cab. He was like, man, he didn't think she saw that. He didn't know right. that, you know course that had been seen so he kind of felt real like a stupid ass about that mm-hmm. but I'm like damn this, yep. this, here they go again here mm-hmm. they go again but oh. I think that same night he ends up calling her and it, it was crazy because they was both calling each other so when they actually picked up the yep. phone they was already on the line <laughs> man oh my god that was nuts Mm-hmm. That was like a whole other connection right there. Yep. And and um, I think were they they talking because I think they went out again. But she said she wanted him to take her out on a real date. And yeah. They so they went got, to, she got uh, dressed up. B one zero three step a set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they sure did. They went to B one zero three step a set, and they were stepping. Mm-hmm. They were stepping. And then where did they go after that? They went to a Buckingham Fountain. They went for a walk along Buckingham Fountain downtown Chicago. Man, they talked for a long time. And And I think, of course, they went back to that. Oh, yeah, they went, they, uh, yeah, that was Buckingham downtown. Mm hmm. Yep, right on the lakefront um, on Michigan Ave. So, I feel like just that whole date in itself, like, I think it was just like 
the perfect date when you think of we went dancing like we had a good time and then afterwards we just went for a walk and we talked and you know you it, it kind of like romanticizes the dating you know the dating period um yeah. which is something i don't think a lot of us do like we go to dinner or we go to a movie but how often do we take long walks and just talk or how often, like, just do something that's non-sexual. Exactly. I think it's very, very far and few in between. I think that we always think about the environments that we're going to be in when we're dating. Mm-hmm. And for some, somehow, some way, it always leads to some type of intimate contact mm-hmm. where they're, you know, sometimes it's good that they I'm glad that they were able to kind of shift and, and kind of go back mm-hmm. to a place where they could have a day because she just said she wanted you know to actually have a real date. They had already smashed so you know that the right. sex was good. You knew that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you wanted to get to know each other on a deeper level that wasn't sexual. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Although when they went back it was hilarious when she told him he was going to be on the couch. <laughs> He like what? He like no, I I want mine now. <laughs> and she was like, let's save some for later. He's like, no, baby, you ain't gotta say nothing. I want my dessert. I want mine now. Right. <laughs> like we don't have to say nothing. He was like, no, baby, you ain't gotta say nothing for me. He was like, Nina, you don't have to do this. He was mad. <laughs> like we all already know what this is. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> She was like, I know, but I wanted to be special. I want to end the night like the ladies. Mm. And I'm like, girl, baby. When they get to, you know, their respective areas, you know, they both tossing and turning because the tension is there. And so he comes upstairs and he's like, can I play something for you? And again, this is like, to me, one of the most romantic things you could do. But yeah. he plays, um, where's my phone? He, he plays uh, in the sentimental, in the sentimental, yeah, sentimental yeah, yeah. He plays yeah, that song like that. and they dance. And then it also make me think of Claire and Cliff Huxtable because they also yes. dance to that same song on their show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. That was like a whole pivotal uh, moment for me. I think that kind of transcended the respect that they have for each other in a relationship. I think it, it starts to take on the dynamics of a relationship because it's like, okay, you was, you cheated, not cheated, but you was dealing with this chick when I left. I dated your boy. It wasn't this and wasn't that. And then we kind of got back on the same page where they could kind of, it starts to take the form yeah. of and something that, that relationship transcends to an actual relationship for them yes yep i think so too i think mm-hmm. that was definitely the scene where it kind of got it, it it took the the situation out of that category definitely yeah and so from that moment forward like it was they were together like you just knew they were together they wasn't just hanging out they weren't just kicking it they was together like I think they had low-key kind of like moved in with each other and uh you know they had keys to each other's places and you know all of that type of stuff 
she started smoking. Right. She wasn't, I was like, what? Because when they first first met at the bar, she was like, you should stop smoking. once their relationship starts to turn you know she started taking on like you mentioned before just they started you know taking each other's person taking on each other's personalities yeah i think their relationship i think it, it it starts to get not tumultuous, but, you know, you go through those phases of that infatuation, you know, mm-hmm. where you're really interested in the, in the person and it's, you know, you know, y'all cool, you really feeling it, you feeling him and the situation or the relationship or the situation as it starts out is, is everything is really good. And I think, you know, if you don't communicate and when you get into the meat and potatoes of the relationship as it starts to evolve, like, I think they had a horrible way of communication in the beginning. Right. Like the sex was good. I love hanging out with you. I love being with you. But they had some communication blockages, I think, in such a way where Mm -hmm. they were trying to get to know each other, their personalities, but the communication wasn't all that great in the the beginning. And so I feel like, Cause the girl that he was seeing while Nina was gone resurfaces and basically she calls him like in the middle of the night, one night he puts her number on like a, you know, like on a board or whatever. And so she's kind of like, what is going on? But I think what actually happened is maybe he never told that girl like, Hey, I'm not doing, I'm not feeling this no more. I'm with this person. And so it left that girl wondering like what happened. So of course she feels like she can call you whenever she wants because she was never told not to. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he, they didn't, they didn't have any real, she did, he did not have any real strong boundaries. I think uh, Nina was all for Darius I think she was all in to a mm-hmm. certain respect. And I think when she um when she came back, I think when she was there in New York with Marvin, she realized that the relationship that she wanted to probably put her energy into was her and Darius. Yeah. And I don't think that she expected him to still be, you know, having stragglers and nobody else laying around in such a way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she necessarily, like you said, bad communication, but she didn't know how to approach the situation. So, of course, she approaching it from a from having an attitude type of standpoint, like so being like, you know, why did she call in the middle of the night or what's going on with that situation? She immediately popped off like, you know, I don't know what you got going on. You got her calling in the middle of the night, saving her phone number, like. Yeah, he got her phone number on there. I think that was a pretty, that wasn't definitely not smart of him because he definitely had her na- uh, number thumbtacked on the daggum board with all his other important notes of flyers and stuff. And I was like, yeah. wow, yeah. that's very interesting. So mm-hmm. it, I, I think it speaks that opened up his insecurity when he brings up her talking to Hollywood, you know, when she first got back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that 
yeah yeah i think that that definitely opened him up to that but i think that probably that probably may have stung him a little bit more because that's somebody that he knows yeah um that's somebody that he was more affiliated with so i think that you know again somebody in the crew that's definitely probably like off limits because it just is i mean that's just Mm kind of that's just kind of a rule to a, a rule of thumb that you not you talking to one guy and, and they got a whole bunch of them. I mean, literally, if it, if it go bad, sometimes it, it happens. Most times it doesn't. But you don't really want to talk to nobody else that's affiliated in their little clique or their crew or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it brings up insecurities about him, but also kind of it sheds some light on the fears that he has in relationships because why do you feel like you always have to keep somebody around kind of hanging on the outside in case something doesn't work out with this person, Mm -hmm. you know, and you never really see Darius really come to a point where he exposes himself emotionally, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men do not do until a certain part in his life where he actually realizes, Hey, let me just stop playing around with this because, this particular woman, again, like you said, he got that persona that he fine, he can have who he want. And for some reason, men think sometimes that the women will wait around and, and, and that we're just going to be around. We just don't have nothing else to do. And I think it is important for women to be honest with themselves. Sometimes we will wait, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we hold out. But make no mistake about it. It's an expiration on everything. Bad. Whether we get it or the universe decides to step in because if we take in too long the universe will end it they'll yeah. decide that it, it, it'll decide you know god your will decide hey come and pass your season has come and gone you hear me mm-hmm. it went all the way to the left so this thing you know was over with in such a way yeah so if we don't make those decisions in our relationships so that we can get to the person that we're supposed to get to if we're supposed to get with this this person or that person the universe definitely will step in and do it for us mm-hmm. and i think that you know with him he thought that she would be the one you know to wait and it's like yeah i'm feeling you i really like you and i think that he knew that and i think also there's a small part that plays on her on, on the emotional part that she, that he knows that he that she feels for him mm-hmm. i think that too um to a certain level if they know you feeling them you know they might take it a little bit step further and and be on some you know kind of reckless mental or emotional manipulation because they think that they can right but again mistake about it fellas it does have an expiration date on it so mm-hmm. you can play around with that if you want to Yep, and that whole conversation, Nina was like, "We not, we not doing this. Like, good, cool. It's a wrap. Like, good day, sir." And you know, okay. she, had- <laughs> she was hurt behind that, and I don't think that that's something that she wanted to do. But mm-hmm. it was something else, definitely, that she had to do. She had to prove that point to him, and he had to come to some realizations on his own about you either want this, you either want this love, or you don't. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I think that the time that they spent apart that go round, I think he actually took the time to evaluate what happened and where he went wrong and what he could have done better. And so, you know, they spent some time apart. Nina ends up getting a job in New York with Source Magazine, 
And, um, you know, her friend, the friend who told her, if he trip, stay. If he don't, go. You know, she knows what Darius meant to Nina. And so as Nina is getting ready to leave to get on the train and go to New York, the friend calls Darius and says, hey, I thought you should know Nina got a job in New York and she leaving today at this time. You know, do what you want with that information. And so I think he sit there for a moment like, low-key, he like, man, fuck her. But then at the same time, he turned around and he like, nah, I need to go get my girl. You know what I'm saying? And so she, he goes, he gets to the train station. Um, and as the train is like literally leaving, he just gets there. And so he misses his opportunity to tell Nina how he feels. So of course he has to go more time without expressing himself because Nina's now gone. Yep. And then when she winds up coming back to Chicago, it was for a photo shoot. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. Comes back. The, the, her assistant brings her all her itinerary. She was coming back to Chicago mm-hmm. for a photo shoot. He did not know she was coming nope. back. Or she didn't tell him anything. It was like she had closed that chapter off in her mind. Um, I think she was still loving him. She was still in love with the thought of them being together. But she was moving on. Yeah. You know, she was moving on with her life. If he wanted it, the you know, if the Lord wanted them to be together, it was gonna have to be something to happen. But yep. she was just she was just like done. I think she came to a point she was focused on herself, she was focused on her craft, what she needed to do. And when she came back and went to that club, the poetry club, the poetic, because he said, Maybe you'll write me one. That was like in the beginning of the movie. Right. Written that poem, you know, and she didn't see him there but went ahead and said it not knowing that he actually was there. Yeah, and, and it's like, <laughs> that was so dope. And when she left out and he called from her across the street, I was like, oh my God. Yep. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and she, you know, they talk about being together and she's like, I live in New York. And he like, so, and she's like, you know, your timing is always off. And he was like, well, I'm on time like a motherfucker. He said, and he she said something like, and, and he was urgent like a motherfucker. He was mm-hmm. really he was like this right here. This is where I need to be. He he had finally figured it out. Yeah, he wasn't scared. He wasn't, you know, he had dealt with his 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 issues. Mm-hmm. He, well, he had healed and come full circle. And yep. I'm telling, talking about something powerful. Just when we all do our healing in our relationships, just with ourselves, and how the universe brings us just what we need, it's mm-hmm. always not what we think we want at the time. But I think it's so important to do the self healing. But I also think it's people that are sent in our lives and that we actually come in contact with in divine time and that help us to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's their purpose. Their purpose is to help you heal so that you can get back out there so that you can open your heart to to love and that you're able to really to, to focus and see what you really want and evaluate that. Right. I mean, who to actually just be dating random people like for forever and ever? Like mm-hmm. that's never the goal. Like you don't go out on a date or you don't interact with people just to, you know, just to interact or have communication. Right. You're looking, you're looking for something. You know what I mean? 
And I definitely feel like as you get older, you are looking for a partner in life. So just dating random people constantly, constantly having to start over, it's definitely not, you know, it may look fun. Like a lot of people be like, you know, you living the life, you traveling, you single, you ain't got no kids. You know, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, I'm successful in my in my job. I'm doing my podcast. I'm able to travel. I'm able to do all of these things for myself. And I'm very appreciative for the time that I have to do these things. But in the same token, it's just like you want somebody to share in those accomplishments that you, you know, that you're achieving. You you want some you want to compete. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, constantly dating you know just dating random people it does get tiresome yeah it gets tiresome because it's like uh you know red, red, red dress black dress you know what am i gonna wear and it's like okay it's, it's it's almost like you just stop yourself because at some point it's just like god i just need you to take over i mm-hmm. need you to want to you know bring people um you know, into my life that are are meant to be there. And it's like, you're not forcing the process, you're not rushing the process, but I think we have to be honest and we also have to um, be um, authentic in exactly what it is that we want per se in a relationship or or what we want in a companion. I think having those characteristics and the ability to be able to know that and be able to really stand firm in what we want and just focus on ourselves. I think that's going to give us the biggest gratification mm-hmm. when people actually appear because it's not like they don't exist. You know, what is it that we're supposed to be learning? Am I supposed to be in a relationship at this time? Am I supposed to be self-healing at this time? What is it? So mm-hmm. I think when we don't try to like figure things out, like they were both on their own journeys. Right. And it's, they were divinely brought together by a chain of events that ultimately they helped each other heal from certain mm-hmm. insecurities and fears. And then it was like this magnetic attraction. So it was, it's, that's like my favorite movie like ever. Yeah. I, I definitely think it gives people hope that, um, you know, their person is out there somewhere and you can, you'll randomly find this, this, you'll randomly meet this person. Um, and like you, like you said in the previous episode that we did together, that, you know, it can't happen by chance. You can meet somebody in the grocery store, you know, whatever. But it's definitely one of those things that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Exactly. I definitely feel like that for sure. Like, you, you, you don't know where that chance meeting is going to, like, happen. Mm-hmm. You don't where that meeting is going to take place you have no idea just going out to get the paper like you know who is this person and I think it all to like the universe to do it if you leave it all for just just relaxing and chilling and not putting so much emphasis on it mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely gonna happen yeah, it's almost like for hair, you know, being in the hair industry, beauty industry for for a length of time, and coming from a family of that, it's like 
if you do all these things to your hair and you know you're just not giving it time to rest and not processing and doing all it's it's not gonna grow the way we want it's not gonna be as healthy mm-hmm. you know our relationships are just like that when we're trying to find we want a companion or trying to find a companion or it's like we don't even have to do all of that just mm-hmm. enjoy the journey and just just enjoy the lessons that we're learning but it's like god you still want to be strategic and be and put emphasis hey this is the kind of man that that i want but it's like he knows the kind of man that we want the kind of man that we need god knows our hearts because he knows the desires and all the little quirky stuff we don't like like don't have me nobody with that t- that that two that bottom two ain't overlapping the right or the left <laughs> This ass twitching a little bit too hard for me, Jesus. I can't. I'm gonna need. Is West a little too light, Lord? <laughs> I need to see who he's talking to. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I don't need to. Uh, I don't need none of it. I need to know who who you looking at here. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, give me a sign, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's to learn from Love Jones. It's it's just a um, it's an all time class, but it's it's just such a deep movie. It really is. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so so much more we can delve into when it comes to this movie for sure. But these yeah. are some of the like main themes that pop out to me. You know, when I think about Love Jones, just to give y'all like a little taste of something and it's still, these things are still relevant. You know, these are still things that people experience every day. And, you know, I just wanted to talk about it. So, you know, that's why we talked about it today. Yeah, which I think that's awesome. And I think it's so relatable. Um, that's why I love good movies, classic movies, because they're all relatable. They're interchangeable. They're, they're, they're like, like you said in the beginning, they're classics. They never go out of style, out of season. Mm -hmm. You can always watch it and you can always, after so many times watching the movie, it's like, man, you just start dissecting other little bitty things. Like, man, I didn't know that they did that. You start mm-hmm. catching all this other stuff, and it just even makes more sense. So it's 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 good. It's good mental therapy. It's a good soul therapy. So it, it's all around good, really good. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you haven't seen Love Jones, I would definitely recommend you see it. You know, if you haven't watched it in a while, go ahead watch it. See what you get out of it. You know, because like I said, so much more to take from this movie than what we talked uh-huh. about today. And, you know, take some of those lessons learned and apply it to your life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and I know I definitely do. I'm like, I'm in the mood to watch it. I had already watched it, but I'm like, I'm going to re-watch it again, you know, just yeah. to just to look at the dynamics of stuff. It's like, man, these two people, you just never know. And here she was coming off of a hard breakup and he was out here doing his bachelor player thing and he got caught up in some emotional that he wasn't even expecting. He caught that love, Jones. He got caught. He got (laughs) his bike stolen. (laughs) He got that bike stolen. (laughs) 
So yeah. And you know what the other thing too was so funny about it too, just in closing that closing out from that particular month. It's even the married couple. It was so much yeah. going on in that movie. He was mm-hmm. going through some things too in his marriage, and it was like, man. You know, the, 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 and then you had the kind of the cliche that married people don't hang with single people. Well, they were the only married couple example in a little clique. Yeah. Nobody else was married or in like a super serious relationship. And it really, it really, um, it shed light on too, um, you know, single people and married people, they can't hang out. Yeah. It's just that the people that are single, you know, you need to be, you are to respect, you know what I mean? The relationship or the marital vows, but they were such a strong couple. He was such a strong man that he didn't allow, you know, all of their foolery and the boundaries that they didn't have because they didn't have to have them as a single one. He didn't let those impact his marriage, so to speak. Yeah. So I think that was a great, also an illustration of how you keep your boundaries and keep stuff in check where it's not affecting your household as far mm-hmm. as your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's good. That's definitely that's one for the books. You know what I mean? That movie is one for the books for sure. It surely is. But you know, we gonna go ahead and wrap it up. So, Leah, you want to let them know where they can follow you at on social media, guys? Please, please follow me at One Queendom. That's one Q U E E N D O M, and I am Leah Hicks on Facebook. And I also have at the Cocoon Project will be on Instagram as well. So that's coming soon too. Thank you so, so, so much for you guys tuning in and also always showing love to to my Coco. She is uh, just one of the pioneers and, and just embarking on something so great. Super proud to be a part of it and to be back again for round two on Kikin with Coco. <laughs> So again, you know, I always thank you guys for tuning in. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at Kikian with Coco. My website, you can reach out to me on there. I'll receive your email at kikianwithcocopodcast.com. I also have my t-shirts. I'm black 25.8. So go ahead and cop that. I am also releasing new colorways in those t-shirts coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. And, you know, of course, you can email me at kikianwithcocopie at gmail.com. So thanks for tuning in again. And as always, love you guys. Bye. 